Jay, nobody buys your shit anymore. Just hit the reset button and start over. New handle, new avatar. Maybe Derek will let you keep your post total. You and Babs brag at the water cooler every morning in the soup line about your four-year posting achievement and failed attempts at chinking pup's stainless armor. You're 50 years old. Spend 150 hours per week on hardcore husky and nothing to show for it. At least Tommy has a life in the fay bars of Capitol Hill outside his time at Hardcore Husky. Go discover life before it's too late. Please, Jay, I worry about you. Another one. All right, we the best. I'm out. You know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Now, I was listening to a recent episode of Wilner and Kenzano, and I was actually, uh, I've been meaning to listen to them for a while, and I finally got around to it. Uh, they spent the first 20 minutes of the show talking about their tips and tricks of getting their kids to sleep. Then they spent about 45 minutes talking about Cal basketball. Uh, at the end of the podcast, they finally started talking Pac-12 expansion, which is what I wanted to hear in the first place. And there was one interesting idea that came from that. Dougals, I'll throw this to you first. I think it was Wilner that said this. Uh, he, his idea was to have Gonzaga come to the Pac-12 for basketball only and have SMU come for football only. And what are your thoughts on that and then uh, the Pac-12 expansion uh, talk in general? Yeah, uh, so that's that's interesting. I mean, to me, that just feels kind of small time. Uh, I know, I mean, when I remember, you know, when I played rugby, it was like we had Cal and Stanford in our league, and uh, and it just always felt like we weren't, we, like, we're the Pac-12, but we're not the Pac-12, and it was just always such a, a cheesy thing and small-time thing because you didn't have the funding to make it work. But since the whole thing's been blown up anyways, uh, you know, I, I feel like you have, for basketball, you, you have to do something. We still have Arizona, and Gonzaga is a powerhouse now, no matter, you know, I think uh, Romar lost that battle to you. I think we could put that behind us. And, um, and, and Gonzaga's officially, a, you know, they're, they're legit in basketball. Um, SMU, from, for, as far as they're concerned, they're interesting because of their deep history and the whole, you know, death penalty and, and their location, but, I mean, they're pretty – to me, it feels like adding another Oregon State, maybe a higher-ceiling Oregon State, but they have a small-time stadium, and I heard they committed some funds, and they're going to expand it up a little bit. But uh, it's not really indicative of a power play. Um, I kind of think that the Pac-12 as it exists, but whether you add San Diego State, SMU, or Gonzaga just for basketball purposes, it's going to be kind of a slow-grind halt to its death. Um, for the next couple of years, because once once Texas and, and Oklahoma jump over to the SEC, um, and the Big 12 has already watered itself down. You know they they already have like Central Florida and 
Houston, which probably would have been better than, than SMU, uh, just from like their recency of, of actually having a good program and, and they just have a little BYU, bit more, right? uh, well, BYU, but, uh, Houston as well. Houston, as far as their, their, right. you know, BYU to me isn't as important. I know that there's a lot of issues with right. BYU as far as like the religious stuff and, uh, with the Pac-12 and, um, but, but, with Houston, you know, you have a huge, huge area with big talent right next to Louisiana. I mean, you're 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 in there, and um, and they've actually had recent success, you know, and they have funding. So um, I feel like the Big Twelve, it's almost like the Pac-12, USC and UCLA really just really fucked the the remnants of the Pac-12 because they didn't see it coming, and as a result, the the good secondary pieces have already been swiped up. Right, because Texas and if, if USC and UCLA pull the Texas and Oklahoma first, then maybe we got some better side pieces, and the conference can kind of be a hodgepodge where you have Oregon and Washington as as your you know your stars, and then you have some quality teams around that. But but now it's it's the the quality teams that are secondary quality teams, I guess, second tier in the conference, are, are already been sucked up, and you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel and trying to justify yourself with oh the Dallas market when no one really cares about SME right now. They're they're a they're a big building project. They have a lot of work to do to get on that level. So, um, and then Gonzaga. I mean, where's the? What you take? If you take Gonzaga, you might as well take St. Mary's if you're just doing it for basketball. I mean, what do you? I mean, what do you? How long does that last? Like, what does that partnership look like? Um, especially when there's going to be new contracts. So, I think the best thing right now at this point, outside of my dreams of the ACC Pac-12 Challenge, um, like the Coastal Challenge, yeah. where you take. The, the top the top ACC teams, the top pack teams, call them divisions, West Coast, East Coast, and, and you have some crossover games. And uh, you know, I think that you could actually have a nice competitive conference that way. But it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense regionally. But none of this does anymore. Um, I think you just have to stall out and and just be the big dog in the Pac-10 slash 12, whatever it ends up being for the next four or five years, and you're inevitably going to be absorbed by the big um, at, at, when that time comes. So. Um, it's an interesting idea. Uh, I, I'm not against it because it's almost like the conference is dead. You might as well piece something together. Maybe you'll have some fun matchups um, that you wouldn't normally see. Maybe you'll get, you know, I don't know, a jersey, a Pac-12 patch into the tournament or something. You know, I guess that's cool. But, with, I mean, I was just watching, uh, reading up on the SEC's distribution. I mean, each conference school got like $50 million. Um, You know, they're, they're crushing it, and, and, and they're so far ahead that, um, a piecemeal conference where you have different teams for different sports, it's just not going to compete long-term. So uh, something's got to change big. Not to jump in front of Joey, uh, but I'll just say very quickly, uh, then, then look toward Joey, but um, I said this on the boards the other day, but in the short term, bringing in SMU would be a real, it'd be a real letdown to the conference. But long-term, we we all look our noses down at Utah, but we can't, uh, we can't ignore the fact, though, that they have kind of raised to the to the they've raised the bar the longer that they've been in the conference, and they're as legit as anybody in terms of their results. And they had a very small stadium uh, at the outset, and so at the same thing with Dallas, um, the Dallas marketplace, you've got SMU there. You know, five, six, seven years down the road, it's a gamble, but they could grow into something, especially if they have really ambitious boosters there and a really uh, uh, aggressive athletic director. That could become something in time. Uh, but, but Joey, I want to want to let you jump in there and, and give your thoughts. 
Yeah, I feel like I mean, so we're we're playing the hypothetical of the conference staying together, correct? Cause correct. I feel like the I feel like the conference pretty much died when the two LA schools left. Uh, it, it, it kind of feels like kind of feels like it's on life support right now. Uh, you know, I don't I, I don't know the uh, SMU is. I don't know. I I would have I would have honestly had a better like if you're telling me the conference is going to stay together for the time being and and we're we're going to have to take a team. I I thought Klyovkov would have taken like UNLV or something because hmm. they have a brand new you know, they have the brand new uh, um they have a brand new stadium or do they or do they play in the brand new uh, uh, Raiders Stadium. I can't remember. I'm not sure, but I, I bet I, you they could. Uh, I bet you they could work it where they would be able to to play there if well, they're not so, already. So it's a it's a smaller like. I mean, is it really a smaller market? You know, it's it's Vegas is less people than Dallas, but you know all the. I mean, you think of all the money in Vegas. I mean, is, does it really make it a smaller market if the if the money is there? But I. I I don't know the the SMU just feels like just feels like some desperate desperate reach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand San Diego State, but SMU yes. just feels like desperation. Uh, but we're going to look desperate anyways with anything we do. It doesn't matter if we bring in Boise or or anybody it else. Is, you know? it, it almost feels like it almost feels like the move to Big Ten is just inevitable like why you know like if you told me like we'd move to the big 10 in 2027 or whatever i'd say why not do it now why why wait Just go now or make the, it's either make big the announcement 10, in june because jen cohen if we're going to give her credit for you know having foresight uh you know she no, and I'm not even trying to be flippant there, but I mean, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, but, um, but it, you know, if you're going short term, okay, the Pac-12 is trying to trying to stay together. The Big Ten is not giving an official offer to us in Oregon, uh, but the idea is okay, we hang tight with the Pac-12. But if you are able with her with her connections and her possible knowledge, she can look two or three steps down the line and go, you know what, it's inevitable that. Even if the Big Ten doesn't give us an offer, it might end up that the NCAA breaks into like four different divisions or something. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. there might well, be talk this, of that this, already. Yeah, this this iteration of the of the Pac-12, whatever comes of it in the future, it's like it's like the State Fair version of the Backstreet Boys. Like you're missing like the lead singers. Um, you know, you passed your prime. You haven't had a hit single since the '90s. I mean, it's like. The second cousin is the bass player. Yeah, people are giving away tickets. So it's already turning into a joke that you're embarrassed about. Um, and so the idea is, like, you want to be, like, the one original like member. For UW in Oregon, you want to be the one original member who's still there, about 35 pounds overweight, but, like, still trying to hit the move. Like, we got to dominate. We got to dominate this in 2022. <laughs> exactly. We, we have to. And, and basically be the Boise State, like, big dog of this new shitty Pac-12 until this inevitable uh, takeover. 
And then your your comment on how Utah, I, I just, with Utah, I think it was so much different than SMU. SMU has potential, but Utah was already packing their shitty little stadium at 56,000, which is still bigger than SMU's. They had a very, and I've always been more bullish on Utah, I think, on the boards for the last decade, um, just because they, they're passionate, their fans show up, they care, and they had had an undefeated season and beat Bama and Saban's Bama in the Sugar Bowl before entering the Pac-12. So they had a recent big-time scalp, and they were a big dog with a lot of momentum. Um, and so there's a little bit of a difference there. And then, you know, Colorado coming in, they had their basically a shittier version of UW with the 90 success, but they have fallen on hard times. But they have a high ceiling too. So I actually always thought that those two additions weren't negative. And now, like, thank God they exist because without them, we'd be, like, really – really uh, hurting for anything. Um, but but I think that you just don't, if you're UW, you don't put too much stock into whatever's going on. You don't, um, you, you just kind of play your cards close to your chest. You do your thing. You continue to recruit and continue to win games. You continue to have the stadium be full and you show other conferences that, hey, this is a big market. This is a big program. It has tradition. UW's fine. The people that are sweating are like the Wazoos, the Oregon States, um, you know, the, these schools that, you know, the Cal, even the Cal at this point, you know, they're really hurting with all the politics that go on with the UC system and, and the lack of, of uh, you know, administrative support that they have out there. Um, and so, you know, a lot of those littler schools are going to be in trouble when this whole thing kind of ends up becoming whatever it's going to become with the mega conferences. But UW has positioned itself fine, um, you know. Because we have DeBoer, by the way. Well, yeah, and it's, it sucks that, you know, we didn't have our shit together the last 20 years. If, you know, you take the Stanford when Stanford yes. was kicking Chip Kelly down. If those years were more like of a UW dominance, because, I mean, I mean, you know, we, you nailed it with, with, with the conference has been gutted. We just took the two biggest teams out. You know, we looked at the, yeah. the bowl wins and the Rose Bowl wins and the national championships and the Heisman trophies and all that shit has completely been a, a, a wiped out. I mean, we really lost the, the, I mean, say what you want about USC, we, we really lost the big dog that kept us yes. with some legitimacy. And, and then UCLA on that, on, that, on that side for basketball, right? I mean, we just yes. lost, like, our two big programs that even made us sort of relevant uh, during this downtime that we've had. So uh, it's, it's to, to – UW hasn't had enough sustained success in the, in the modern era to kind of pick up the slack on that, in my opinion. But we, we do have enough momentum, and we do have a big enough market and enough history, and we've seen the stadium, and we have the facilities, and apparently we're paying players now and coaches now, which is great. So we're doing the right thing that big boy programs do. We've positioned ourselves for the next thing, but it's important that we just dominate whatever the hell is going to be this Frankenstein Backstreet Boys 2023 uh, conference. Yeah, boy, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, well, hey, we lost the two big dogs in the two major sports, but we kept Stanford women's basketball. So yeah, <laughs> keep that in mind. All right. Yeah. We're still and we, and we knocked there. them off the other night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, uh, by, by the way, that was a good point that, you know, you made about what uh, we're, we're here arguing, you know, like first world problems because Washington will be fine no matter what. We'll be the. Mm, we'll be there like, is the Cohen the factor, but <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll probably so, be fine. 
We'll probably be fine. We'll we'll be the big dog in in a you know the uh, the glorified tribute band conference, and then we'll be uh, or or we'll either go to the Big Ten and we'll probably be a uh, we'll pro- we'll be in the top. We'll at least be in the top probably fourth of the you know that conference. You know your bet. You, you'd be trying desperately to get over the hump of you know, Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State, but uh, none of yeah, the other schools really, really terrify me there. Yeah, in theory, you're still taking at least more, if you're in the big, you're getting more funding, right? So organically, you're going to oh, increase yeah. your potential. So it, I, I don't know, we're not, we're not Ohio State, but we're for sure going to be positioned to be at least competitive um, where we're at um, once once that happens. I think it's just important this year to make sure just for optics, because I don't think Lincoln Riley is going anywhere, we cannot let USC win the conference this year. Like, there has to be operation, like, beat down L.A. schools every single week, bite them in the knees, whatever you got to do, because you cannot let them win the conference and then take it off, because at that point, whoever wins the conference the following year is like, oh, well, they're, they're the, the de facto second-place team, because USC has gone. And so this next season uh, is, I say this every year, huge implications for the future of the program. Uh, because <laughs> we really want to, to plant our flag, show that we're the dominant squad and that we can hang with these other teams um, and, and, and really, you know, show out for, for whatever's to come. First and 10 USC at midfield, uh, halfway through the first quarter here, Caleb Williams back to pass again, and another late hit from, late from Washington. <laughs> Three roughing the passer, roughing the passer penalties in the first seven minutes. This is unbelievable. I've never seen all the fans are booing. And Williams is laying. He's on the turf. He's not moving, folks. There you go. (laughs) Also, what what won't what won't surprise me? I I think I mentioned it like a month or two ago, but Caleb Williams, I don't know, high ankle sprain, week three, right? And he shuts it down instead of coming back, like, you know, four weeks later or whatever. You know, he's out four weeks. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if he says, like, ah, fuck it, I'm out. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because why? And Well, because he, in October? He, they've, they've already anointed him. Yeah, they've already anointed him, like, the first pick of the draft, you know, or whatever. Yep. So, which, by the way, Michael Penix should have been the first. <laughs> he should be the first quarterback taken overall this year and next year. But yeah, you can make an argument for that. I mean you want you want uh five foot eleven, hundred and eighty pound Bryce Young. I mean doesn't 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 really excite me, but <laughs> some some shitty team that's always picking top five can take him. More than welcome to. So Pettix wants a Pettis wants a game. He always has a, a, a Jake Browning moment, though, you know. Uh, and uh, I don't know if that would enable him to be the number one pick. Uh, and yeah, I love would, him. He, uh, but. Yeah, he would have to get better at his accuracy when he's slightly moved up around. Uh, when he has a clean pocket, he's throwing dimes. But, I mean, even from the Texas game and you saw the UCLA game, all the games where he struggled, it was just a little a little messy. And, and when he's off, yes. he's off, you know. And, and so – you know, the Texas game, you know, being there, it was just – he was off that night. I know he won the MVP or whatever, but, um, it, you know, he, he was off that night. He's still so incredibly talented, but to be, I think, that, that top level, he's going to have to show that when 
it's not perfect and it's a little messy, um, he can still throw darts. But I, he'll be fine wherever he ends up. He's he's just real special. Oh, yeah. and, you know, we we always talk about UW kind of being that like how Clemson broke through with Deshaun Watson, that generational QB. Um, how how you know when we had our season with Marcus Tiasasopo and the Billy Joe, like all the special years. For a, for a school like Washington, historically, you need that that quarterback that has the it factor, and um, it, the fact that we have all of that, if we can just muster up some sort of defense, um, the I, I, I'm almost guaranteeing that next year is going to be a bust somehow because there's just too much feel good about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just waiting for my heart <laughs> to get broken, but the ingredients yeah. are there. The ingredients are there for what historically successful UW team can look like. Um, and you know our 11 and 2 season. Not to be like SRS guy, but our you know we went 11 and 2, but we had a lot of closer games, and you know the ball bounced our way sometimes, and sometimes it didn't. And it all you know winners win all that stuff. But you know our 11 and 2 year could have easily been you know a couple plays here and there. You always look at that. It's like oh we're, we're nine and four instead of 11 and two. And at the end of the day, we, we we ended up we ended up in the Alamo Bowl. And like how how is everyone's perception of next season going? If that's if that's what's going on. But I do like the fact that a lot of guys are coming back to play that didn't have to. Um, he got guys. Yeah. DeBoer got guys to stay um, that didn't really want to stay and had a really shitty experience with UW. So there's something culturally within the program that's working. And he's getting guys to come back, and guys enjoy playing for him, and that's a huge part of the, a part of the you know team success. But um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Penix. Um, the quarterback situation is a little strange. I'm I'm a little higher on Demo than most, just because I mean why not Demo? Yeah, me the too. North. Uh, <laughs> but but you know <laughs> at the same time, it would be nice to have uh, someone a, a good third string. I didn't know the Folsom guy. I'm going to check him out next year. I didn't know the Folsom uh, kid was was only 16. Um, mm-hmm. if, I, if I were him, I, I would stay in high school another year, not declare early. It just seems that seems crazy, but I'll be able to check him out next season and watch him, and I'll wear all my husky stuff and pretend to be on the staff and you know freak parents <laughs> out and all that stuff. So, 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 so I'll do my part. I'll do my part. You know. Can I tell a very quick story? Uh, this is, this takes us off the topic, but um, I was filling in for the Issaquah Press about, uh, see, this would have been 2008, I think, and I needed to cover a Mercer Island versus uh, Liberty game, I think it was, and Jeff Lundquist was the quarterback, uh, if I remember correctly. He was a freshman for Mercer Island that year. Um, but anyway, so and, and at one point, uh, I went down, I left the uh, press box, and I went down to the sidelines, and it was at Liberty sideline, and I walked to the other side, and um, uh, and all, all these faces are like, everybody's looking at me like, oh, my God, who is this guy, you know? And and uh, and then and what happened is somebody said, are, are, are you a scout with Washington? And I was wearing a Washington coat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Issaquah Press, you know. Oh, okay. So, anyways, you jostled a memory there, but <laughs> yeah. Any any time you have a chance to go full Uncle Rico, you got to do it. You know, pretend you're something you're not. I, I go to I go to 24 hour fitness. We're looking at your like putter there. Shorts. <laughs> I wear the team issue gear at 24 hour fitness and play basketball super fundamentally, and everyone thinks I'm some kind of coach, you know. 
I'm like closing out. I'm boxing out. I'm sliding the feet. You know, I'm calling. I'm calling for help defense. Like, is this guy a coach? I got the UW backpack. You know, I I look like I could have played D1 ball like back in the early '90s before people figured it out. You know, I'm like about that version of athleticism. So you know, it's full full Uncle Rico whenever you can is is what I love about. So. Um... So if, if they were to announce uh, three weeks from now that um, – and by the way, Conzano and Wilner were both in agreement that something needs to be announced uh, with – I think they said by early March um, that something needs to be announced in terms of expansion or people are going to really start questioning whether Kalishnikov uh, knows what he's doing. And, and so they think that there's a, a timer on this. Um, but well, what, there's well, the, what there's do you the guys – There's TV negotiation – Yes. So that's the big yes. issue. You gotta you gotta have a yes. conference Good like point. situated before you negotiate the, the T V contracts. And, yeah, and point. just uh, wait. And just just wait, you're gonna have to have two or three TVs set up in whatever room you're watching games in because you're not gonna flip back and forth from Apple T V to Prime <laughs> to cable. It's gonna be really I mean, the fun, Chinese man. can figure it out. <laughs> all, right. all the all the Beijing viewers have no problem doing it, so I mean we'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> no, but race or whoever it was on the boards that was making that comment, and if it was you, Joey, I apologize for not remembering, but that you know nobody. The whole point is like if somebody's watching uh, LSU play Georgia, and then they want to flip over and see Penn State play Ohio State, they just it's a click of the remote. Uh, but they don't want to have to go to a whole new setup. They just want yeah, to be able to click exactly. the remote. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, and, and San pretty- Diego State versus Oregon State is not going to excite anybody, but, you know, it is what it is right now. Yeah, the, the, until the technology is there where they're, like, passively being able to move through apps just like your, your channel surfing, um, it's a good idea, and I, I don't want to, you know, we may look back <laughs> – 20 years from now, and be like, gosh, how antiquated our thinking was, thinking the app idea wasn't going to work. Um, and I think the technology will get there, but that is a major point. When you talk about, I, I like to sports bet, and I go to, you know, sports, you know, bars and things like that, and, and it's all about, like, okay, go to this one, go to that one, having, having the, the, the availability on hand. Um, and if you're, if you're not a part of that mix, if you're not in the loop, ESPN's not going to talk about you, CBS isn't going to talk about you, nobody's going to talk about you, and nobody's going to have enough effort to, to check you out because the games aren't that compelling. If it was like Bama and Georgia on the special app, they could probably have their own app and people would be, be flooding it because it's Bama and Georgia. But like you said, Oregon state, San Diego state, I'm just not getting off the couch and switching some stuff up. So as, as it exists, it's absolutely uh, not, I think a, a good idea. Now, if we were to take a moment, step back and try to be bullish on this situation, here's the best case scenario for the PAC 12. In term from from Kalishnikov's uh, uh, perspective and vantage point, Washington and Oregon continue to thrive and do well. Um, San Diego State and SMU, uh, assuming that they're the ones that join, um, start to build themselves up. And you, you're right from what you were saying a few minutes ago, Dougals, that Utah is not a perfect example, but there's still a point to be made there, though, that they've 
they've justified their entry into the conference by the results on the field, regardless of how much poo-pooing that we do from hardcore Husky and stuff. They haven't embarrassed themselves like Colorado has done, right? So mm-hmm. you've got Washington and Oregon continuing to thrive and do well. You've got San Diego State and SMU growing into something where it's like, okay, this is kind of getting respectable and interesting. And then the wild card of it all, you've got Deion Sanders building something really interesting in Colorado. And even if they're only going eight and four, and I and I I feel like, you know, by year four or five, they're, you're going to be better than that. That's just a hunch. But even if they're just going eight and four with his personality and panache and, and reputation, that is like, oh, people are going to be tuning in all over the country to see what Colorado's doing this week again in their trip to Autzen Stadium or whatever. You've got something. You've got something there in terms of the conference. That's being bullish. I'm not saying I think that's what's going to happen, but it's something that's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, with Dion, I, the problem is all those ideas is is you have to hope that there's some commitment for all the coaches to stay. Utah to continue to improve, UW to take advantage of the moment. Um, and, you know, Deion Sanders strikes me as a guy who's going to say he's not going to leave, and then he's going to leave and be like, when they call, you got to answer. You know, I mean, so the, the, and when he leaves, the problem with the new rules are, and what's making Deion so interesting at Colorado is also going to make them fall off a cliff. He, when he leaves, he's going to take everyone with him. So that could be like if a rental, leaves. you know, if he leaves, which I would probably say 80-20, he's gone. Um, 81% might as well just pop, bump it up one. Uh, that he would be gone go, within Scott. four years, um, you know. But but yeah, I mean, he's saying he loves it. You know, he's he's recruiting the Florida kids, telling them that uh, Colorado's not that cold in the winter. So uh, if he can sell that, then fuck, who knows? I mean, I, 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 I've, I've been out there. <laughs> Shout out, cold. What are you talking about? I'm sweating. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, they're gonna be wearing like the the jagged edge fur coats uh, coming out of the tunnel, just just going for it. Just like this was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a couple of good analogies today. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing today. Or <laughs> I try. Do they do they still play any uh high school football games at Husky Stadium? Do they do they play any? Well, I have, I haven't heard of any. Sorry, Every sorry my AD, my my yeah, my ADD kick just kicked in because uh, I was looking at your uh, looking at your picture of Joe Steele or whatever earlier. You and <laughs> you and old Joe Steele. So I, I had a correction from the last podcast. My dad graduated in the same year that Joe Steele did, and they played. Uh, they played. Um, Kennedy played Joe Steele in, I think it, I can't remember what he, fall of 74, I think it would have been. So his junior year, they played, uh, Kennedy played Blanchett on Saturday night, you know, 7 o'clock in Husky Stadium. And it was like a shitload of people there. And well, that would have been Joe uh, Steele's senior just, year at Blanchett. Well, maybe it was, I, I yeah, maybe they, uh, maybe they were a year apart. But I think, I think, is what he said was it was fall of '74 or something like that. But um, yeah, and then, it, and then it just made me, you know, 
made me start thinking, you know, do they play local high school games there? Because that would be a big, you know, selling point for high school kids, you know. They, Great point. They got, to, they got to play a game at high You know, what if that game was the, you know, one of the deciding factors for Joe Steele, you know, getting to play that one game, um, you know, one big, you know, big matchup against, you know, came, another Catholic powerhouse from the Kinko Conference or whatever. Don James at one point told me early on that they thought they might have lost Joe Steele to Notre Dame, and then Joe Steele picked Washington over Notre Dame um, in the 11th hour there. Nice. And you look at the picture that I'm looking at it right now, and the funny thing is, is you look in the backdrop because the track's all torn up, so they're obviously doing work on it and stuff. But then you look beyond it and you see all this rickety fence work and the and the old wooden bleachers that look like they've been there since the 1920s and some shack in the background there and stuff. Um, and it, it looks like, uh, it, it, from the backdrop, it looks like something out of the 1930s or something. So <laughs> it's really something. Uh, I wish, uh, yeah, I kind of wish you were bald now so I could say, uh, man, you lost a lot of hair. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a Seinfeld right? <laughs> I was too busy watching Friends to get that one. <laughs> when no one was watching, right? <laughs> yeah. Or when no one was looking. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, and so I did want to... Uh, I did want to uh, ask each of you your thoughts just on the recent recruiting stuff, but was there anything further that you guys wanted to add to the uh, to the expansion talk, or have we uh, have we pretty much talked that through? Is Friends the version of a sitcom like uh, you know what Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero is for guys? You just don't tell anybody you watch that show. Yeah, but I, I mean, I wouldn't have well, said that you watch 90210 on this podcast, to be frank, but the, the, the <laughs> Friends is the show. <laughs> Friends is one of the, it's one of, I, I secretly love Friends. Fuck it, I'll put it out there. You know, Puppy had me nailed on that one. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's I, funny. My my wife and I, we, we every occasionally will watch, you know, some episode, but we we were never, both were never fans of it. But uh, we'll watch it. It's 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 funny. It you know it does it does what it's supposed to do, make you laugh. <laughs> well, I, I, I just never got it. Yeah, but, uh, I was at a good age. I remember I was at a good age for Jennifer Aniston and and uh, and Courtney Cox and even Lisa Kudrow was a dark mm-hmm. horse for me. So that that that, oh, yeah. that power trip right there that, that was a trio for me. I was like, screw it, let's watch it. Well, and I remember there was a there was a Indian girl named Ruby that um, when I was with her, she was obsessed with Beverly Hills 90210, and I watched a few episodes with her. Uh, but it was the same thing; I never got that either. I never understood the appeal. So, but then on the other hand, uh, I remember the 1998 Oregon Oregon State game. And I was over at her place, and we were supposed to go somewhere. And that game went triple overtime, so I refused to leave her apartment until the game was over. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, anyways, she got furious. Just furious. <laughs> Do you guys remember that, though? Then Ken Simonton went down the sideline to score in triple overtime. 44 to 38 uh, was the score, I think. Are you talking the 2001? This had to be 1990. 1998. Oh, 98. Yeah, that's that's okay. what my memory's telling me. Um, I don't remember uh, rivals games like I would the Husky game. I don't remember those games. I probably watched. I was in, it, I was in Sacramento. 44 to 41, point. and it was double overtime. Excuse me. So I was a little bit off there. 44 to 41. So Oregon must have uh, kicked the field goal. They led 41 to 38. I, re- I remember people listening just probably don't even give a shit. But, <laughs> but Benny Beaver might. But uh, shout out to Benny Beaver. But uh, uh, anyway, Simonton went down that right sideline to score, and uh, and then they uh, rushed the field, and uh, 44 to 41 was the score. Okay. What's next? Cool, cool story, bro. And my uh, screen just went blank. Okay, now it's back on. That scared me for a second. We're still recording. Okay. So, do you guys have any thoughts on recruiting as we start to wrap up here? The uh, you want to take it first? I have a few thoughts, but nothing crazy. No, go ahead. Uh, the only thing I've I've even really been even followed lately is that Austin Mack kid, so which is a yeah, pretty I, I don't know, pretty pretty big pickup, you know, in my opinion. Mhm. Yeah, the yeah, for for us, I know that we're our our star rankings aren't that high. It's not the highest rated class. Um but I think that for what De DeBoer's done coming in and winning the games that he has, he does need to pick it up with just the high school recruits, but he's really the transfer class that he was able to put in, and both both his first year coming in, and um, and this one has been pretty impressive. And I don't think that's sustainable. But I mean, then again, in the new era, you know, we're still kind of the guinea pigs of this transfer NIL era. So uh, maybe you can just uh, you know put more of your focus on some of the lower you know schools, diamonds in the rough, and and just you know pluck them out. Um, guys who have shown that they can play at a college level and uh, and kind of go from there. It's never perfect, but I would like to see a little bit more success with the high school guys. Um, uh, but yes. as far as this this se- this season, um, keeping everyone that the everyone that came back. I mean, it, I know it's the cheesy star climb. We got a ten star recruit, but it it did really feel like that. I mean, what an incredible uh, you know after the Alamo Bowl, it was like you know Penix had already announced he's coming back, and then just the domino effect of every single person that was on the fence coming back. It just felt like we got a lot of big time players to stay. And at the end of the day, like we, we talk about recruiting, how many Sam Hewitt's have we seen out there that are five stars and they never make any impact on the field. Um, there's always a bunch of guys who never do anything that you think you're going to do something. At, at the end of the day, it's like you want to have guys on the field who are productive and we retained a lot of them. I think Trice is just an incredible pickup. Um, I thought he was for mm-hmm. sure gone. Um, Outside mm-hmm. of Penix, I thought Trice. I, he probably, he probably. I mean, hopefully, he's, he's coming back. But I mean, he would definitely be picked. I think in the top three rounds. I think as is. I, I really feel that. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. so, so we have. I feel like we have a smattering of NFL ready guys on the squad next year, which is pretty incredible. So he can get people to stay. There's some level of recruitment there. 
hopefully whatever's going on with the upperclassmen and the transfers and our ability to pull people to the program, if he can somehow translate that into the high school, uh, you know, into the high school recruits, then he, then he's really going. Because I do agree, we, we, we talk about the stars, but, you know, we're in the, the high 20s last time I checked. You know, to really get to that next level, we got to be top 25, top 20. Realistically, in a perfect world, we're top 15. You know, when Peterson was cooking, we had a couple, you know, top 15 classes back to back to back, which is which is good for Washington. And, and that, that's where we want to be. Um, and then you, you have the development uh, side of that. But so it does need to pick up a little bit. But as long as this next season, I don't even care. It's like we we're kind of all the eggs are in the basket for, for this next year. And then if they if they show out, maybe go to the playoff. Um, I think that the next level will be achieved. So we'll see. You know, and you got, if you look back to like the end of Lambeau's tenure at Washington, um, Gilbertson, uh, Willingham, Sarkeesian, what happened with each of those is that you had situations then where players were telling potential recruits, don't come here. And what do you have right mm-hmm. now? You have, you know, I haven't heard specific stories, but undoubtedly there's, with, with this kind of feel-good thing going on right now and all these people coming back and enthusiastically coming back, how many little little micro-conversations have there been out there between uh, current players on the roster and potential recruits who are like, dude, you want to come here? These guys are awesome. It's a great environment. Um, that That's going to show itself as well, and it's just uh, – it's you know let your let your winners ride uh, like David Sachs says uh, that we got something good here that could really get cooking. It could get really interesting, or Penix could go down with the shoulder separation in the second quarter against Tulsa, and we end up going seven and five. But um, <laughs> but uh, no, but you know. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, no, I. I I'm uh, I'm I'm just you know I'm optimistic and, and I'm optimistic really for the first time in a in a long time and it's uh it's it's fun so yeah I think that uh, yeah you're DeBoer too <laughs> I'll just say with DeBoer he's we're paying coaches now he's getting support yeah and so you even see with Mario Bailey's uh, you know his group that he kind of put together he's fronting and the Montlake Futures people are are coming around the program. And and they seem invested in this guy. So so people who are in the know, former players who know what Husky football is supposed to be like, um, are are really uh, taking a liking to to what he's building. So hopefully, that's the big fear is is does the board you know get poached to a place like Notre Dame or something? You know, and and I hope not. And I hope that we have enough money to keep him. But it seems like that's where it's trending. So um, hopefully we can we can keep doing what we're doing here. Yeah, you enjoy so. We all we all like to we all like to laugh at the uh, the Sark comment uh, you know about when Jake Locker came back his senior year because what did he did he say it was a ten star recruit or something like that <laughs> yeah right and, yeah uh, we we all like to shit on it but it, it's kind of a you know it, it's kind of a good point by him you know it's like you look at look at every single player that came back this year that didn't have to so like. If you would have add, if you added on to the, you know, you couldn't promise any of the recruits this year playing time. Well, maybe the maybe the secondary players, you could promise them uh, considerable amounts of playing time. But but uh, most of the other players, they're you're, they're just basically like depth. So 
you know, to get every one of those guys to come back that didn't have to, you know, it, it would make it the, you know, if you added them all up, it would make it like the best, you know, recruiting class in the conference. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you look at uh, with the COVID year, I think it's important to keep high school recruiting on the forefront because, A, the transfers and the NIL, there's going to probably be some regulation coming down the line. I don't think right now it's still sort of Wild West. they got to stop, you know, USC poaching Arizona's top guy. I mean, this, this stuff is – I mean, we've done it to some schools. It hasn't happened to us yet, so – you know, but but it's kind of it is kind of ridiculous. It feels a little free agency, um, like, and um, but but then uh, as far as uh, the COVID year, there's a bunch of players that are eligible now that normally would be out, right? So until yes. that kind of cycles out, um, right now you have this just you know abundance of of six year seniors and and things like that that are hanging around that have an opportunity <laughs> to get paid. You know, a bunch of Van Wilders out there, and um, and, and they're just doing their thing. Uh, but but uh, soon soon that's going to change. That that there's going to be just a normal amount of of recru- uh, players in the in the in the talent pool, and and I think that it's going to be more important to kind of have that that traditional backing of the roster. Yeah, definitely. So let's see here. With let's see if we can answer some questions. There are, there aren't too many actually, but um, defenders Nacho Lover wants to know when will you finally answer all my all my other questions that you've ignored this far. <laughs> so don't uh, don't look at me. You're the one reading the questions. Joey, you need to learn how to let a podcast episode breathe. Um. <laughs> Joey, how does it? Here's my question: If I was right again, uh, Joey, how does it feel to be associated now with all roadkill? You know, guys are going down the freeway <laughs> and they see a dead deer on the side and they'll think Joey, hardcore husky. <laughs> it's branding. <laughs> my, my, my brother, my brother couldn't be any prouder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it now. I, I texted him after the last podcast, and I said, uh, "We talked about you. We talked about you again." He and it just replied like, "Roadkill?" Question mark. <laughs> I was like, "No, no, the Rainier Beach game from 2002 or whatever, whenever it was he played in it." <laughs> Can you imagine if you're a lurker from like, you know, Missouri or something, and you're just going through our boards and oh they got a podcast here. And then you see a picture of a dead deer, and then there's all these you know, upvotes and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How would you even begin to understand what the hell's going on? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> uh let's see here real quick uh question for oddball stalin okay when i was like in like second grade i'd look forward to the husky tailgate radio radio show with larry delta because i thought it was hilarious was i just a dumb second grader or was it actually worthwhile i too uh looked forward to that and i thought that pat cashman had really funny stuff and then you look back and it was pretty pretty retarded so um, but who was it? Um, he interviewed me once on Cairo. What was that guy's name? Bill Schwartz. He did really good impressions. 
He did. Oh, I remember yeah. he did good. He did good impressions of like Chuck Knox, and when Norm Rice was the mayor, he did uh, really good stuff of him. And uh, so I remember some of that stuff that would probably hold up today. Uh, and Pat Casper, uh, I think he's talented. Bill but, you Schwartz. Know. I think Bill Schwartz was like. Um, I think he was on that thirty for thirty about um, you know the the little league team from Kent or whatever. You no, know, Kirkland, uh, what was probably. Cody, Cody Webster was that his yeah. name? Cody Webster, whatever. I interviewed I think him Bill once. Yeah, Bill Schwartz was like their. Uh, I think Bill Schwartz was like their. Um, I don't know announcer at the at the little little league field. He was he was he was on that thirty for thirty. I think. Really? Oh. Yeah, he was like a twenty-year-old kid or something, being the announcer at the the little league field. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take it just a minute and tell another uh, side story. Um, so I was, I think I was two years younger than Cody Webster, and I played on, um, I played for, for at Federal Field in Bellevue, and I was on the All Star team the year after that Kirkland National won the World Series against Taiwan. And so Cody Webster had moved on, and there was another kid on there, Mark Mark something, that played center field, and he was like a star also. He had moved on, I think. Um, so my ragtag all-star team went, and we, we opened up against Kirkland National, and they beat us 34-2. to two. <laughs> oh. and, and then the second round we played, uh, we played a, kid, a team out of the Rainier Valley, and they scored 12 runs in the top of the first, and we scored 13 in the bottom of the first. And then uh, both teams were held scoreless for the rest of the game, and we won 13 to 12. Oh my and then god! And we played, then we played Kirkland American, and they beat us something like 37 to five or something like that. Um, and then and, and then we were out. So there's, and I just remember uh, I was at third base for that All Star team, and I just remember like during pregame warmups, and I was feeling nervous, and I looked up, and you know we had like we were underfunded compared to Kirkland, and we had all these kind of ragtag uniforms that didn't match and stuff, and uh, and when you look over, and they unfurled this gigantic banner that said Kirkland National World Series champions, whatever year. And they had all these organized cheers, and the and their and the, their side of the grandstands were completely packed with standing room only. And it was like I just remember thinking, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> so, anyways, there's a little stroll down Amnesia Lane for you guys. But, um, okay, Lone Star Dog. Once SMU joins the pack, what is on the top of your guys' to do list during your first road trip to Dallas? Hmm. Maybe go to where Kennedy was killed. Oh, the book suppository building. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm going to go in there, but pray it happens again. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need I thought, to beat that was, out? I thought, I thought too, it was too muted. soon. Too soon. <laughs> For God's sake. The Hardcore Husky podcast does not condone any talk of genocide, assassination, or anything else. 
Blah 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 blah. There's uh, my was, disclaimer. That, that was okay. more of like a personal, like a personal take me out of my misery comment. But I could see. Oh, uh, okay. could... no. <laughs> well, oh. if it was following uh, <laughs> SMU beating right? Washington seventeen to sixteen on a, we had an extra point block with thirty <laughs> seconds to go or something. I could see yeah, it then. Close your eyes and pray. Mellow Dog is not taking his down vote back. He's, he's already in there. <laughs> it's, it's not taking it back. And his email to George Soros. That was that was that was more that was more self-loathing based, but I mean whatever. I guess. You, 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 you make the call. You make the call on that one. <laughs> I, I, I've I've surrendered. I don't care. Hey, is it? it is now it's it's not a better time than right now to get Sean McGrew on the podcast. I mean, he is <laughs> <laughs> he is trending on hardcore husky, man. <laughs> he don't give a shit what you or me have to say about him either. That's great. Oh, no, that was supposed to be a good joke for him. Good. good for him. But who knows? He's he might have been. Come on, if any if anybody can get a hold of Sean McGrew, he's welcome anytime. I don't have the connections I used to, but I'm sure if I exerted a little effort, I could get a hold of him. But uh, <laughs> I didn't get Kayvon on. I didn't try though. But that, I was I was thinking back after my little joke, and I wait. You know, if I exerted some effort, I might have been able to get him on, but. <laughs> if if I could get Ronnie Lott, I can get uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. So, yeah, yeah. I, my uh, my experience in Dallas. You know, I, I went to the uh, the Red River Shootout in 2017. Mm. Um, it's a it's a fun it's a fun uh, it's a fun town. I mean, it's a fun uh, place. There's no doubt that you, you could go out there and and. Uh, kind of see i i feel like texans i also spent a lot of time in houston for work and and i feel like houston is more texas than dallas i don't know if that makes any sense but uh in my experience i felt like houston was texas but maybe i'm off i'll let lone star dog decide on that uh but but yeah there's there's a a big i I don't know it's just another big city and uh it should be it should be fun go see some sights i had fun in san antonio i'm not gonna lie i think san antonio was pretty is a cool San Antonio reminded me just of, of an older Sacramento to be, be frank. Small big hmm. town, some some historical stuff around. You got you got your little river. You got your you know. Uh, it, it was kind of a it was a fun. I, I like the idea. Of, if anything comes out of expansion, I do like the idea that uh, you know whatever schools we get lined up with, whether it's the Big Ten in the future, or SMU or whatever, we can start going to some some cool places more frequently. You know, I'm tired yeah. of. You know, standing in Stanford Cardinal Stadium and um, and and just going to the same you know the same three states over and over and over again. Um, it'd be nice to to kind of explore a little bit. So that that's one bonus of all of this when it all comes out. Um, uh, haven't been bold enough yet to to go to an on the road SEC game. I want I w- almost went and I think it was 2012 when we were going at LSU and uh, thank God I didn't. I, I just died instead uh, watching that game. Yeah, and that that one was thirty-one to three, and it could have been. They could have made it fifty-six to three if they really wanted to. I think it was like forty-five. I thought they were in the forties on us. Did they just? I thought they they really beat the shit out. Are you of talking us. about Sark? Oh, when Sark went yeah, there? Yeah, I'm talking about yeah the the Sark game. 
I'm well, I'm pretty sure that was thirty one to three, but that's my memory's not perfect, but um what year was that? Two thousand I'm guessing I'm guessing twenty twelve. The LSU the LSU game? Forty one to three. Not thirty one yeah. to three. Okay. You're closer to being right than me. Okay. Well, they nevertheless they could have gone fifty six to three if they wanted to there. Um and you remember remember there was one of their linemen that was just like in the post game interviews, he was just like basically calling our linemen pussies like they were just they couldn't believe how weak we were. I was blacked out yeah, at that point in time. They had <laughs> uh, I think I think like I think like Ethan Posick was was one of their linemen, maybe. Might have been a little too early for him, but uh, they they had some. I don't know. Their O line was was like insane that year for a college O line, I suppose. But I think they well, had that some, was... some no name quarterback, and I, he probably only passed like fifteen times. I mean, they didn't they didn't really need to do anything you know, extravagant in that game. Oh my god. <clears throat> Wilson. Who was who was who was oh this must have been for them? Wait, what? It said the high rusher for the uh, for that game at Baton Rouge was Wilson the second and he ran for twenty five yards. Huh. Was that one of ours? No. Because we had Wilson a Wilson in the second. late 90s, but that must have been somebody for LSU. Nobody in that game ran for more than 25 yards? No That doesn't way. make any sense. That can't be right. That's all they were doing was running the ball on us. It says here Price threw for 157. Anyways, we have a tendency to sometimes get mired down in, <laughs> in uh, who bought the college lost to in 1997. Do. But that's <laughs> what we do. <laughs> Forty-one to three, and that was, if I remember right, LSU fumbled early in the game, and we kicked the field goal, and we were ahead three to nothing. And I thought, well, I thought we were going to get slaughtered. Maybe there's a tiny bit of hope. Nope. <laughs> no, they ran. Their their uh, Zach Mettenberger was their quarterback. He was twelve for eighteen for one hundred ninety-five yards and one touchdown. And then their uh, as a team, they went 52 rushing, 52 attempts for 242 yards. So it wasn't it wasn't like terrible, but I, I remember it being just four or five yards of carry, and and uh, we couldn't do anything to stop it. And um, Eric Wilson the second was a running back for the Huskies. I don't even remember him. And he was our leading Eric rusher with Wilson 25 yards. Second. And his name was E-R-I-C-H. And he was our leading rusher oh that game. I don't, yeah, I... Man. I don't remember so I don't know what happened all. to Sankey or... No, I, I don't remember that name whatsoever. Wow. I bet he got thrown in at the end of the game or something. Probably, Probably a had a twenty-yard run, ran for a, had a twenty-yard game against LSU's third string or something. <laughs> yeah. 
While we're at it, I'll just say, you guys remember DeAndre Campbell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was one guy that I always kind of, he was in that James Johnson kind of thing where I always just thought that he uh, was going to have a real breakout. Or even like Deshaun Goldson, who I know played in the NFL and all, but uh, I always thought he was going to like be a superstar by the time he was a senior. I thought James so anyway, Johnson was just gonna was gonna set records just based on yes. longevity. You know, after the first game, the 2009 game against LSU, because he caught the first. Did he catch the first touchdown? Yep, on the opening drive. The first, on the opening drive, yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought God, that's going to be like the all-time leader in catches and touchdowns, or you know, just based on a four-year productive career. But I mean, another another case of a of a Husky breaking out his freshman year and then slowly going downhill after that. Well, like Grace Bannon said, it was the iron law. One of the iron laws that the longer they're here, the worse they get. So, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's totally true, too. So, well, yeah, any 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 last thoughts before we put a capper on this? No, I'm, I got nothing. I'm, I'm, shout out, I'm good. Shout out to Baze. Shout out to Sway. Uh, I just looked up Eric Eric Wilson from Junipero Serra uh, High School, San Mateo, California, three star, six foot one eighty three, class of two thousand twelve. There you go. Wow. He transferred. Oh. He transferred to San Jose State. Hmm. After leading the Huskies in rushing against LSU. <laughs> yeah, he saw enough. <laughs> Seen enough. That does that does kind of bring a bell now. But yeah, that's man. What a forgotten right. year and player. Well, Dougals, and uh, uh, thank you for joining the show. And, and everybody listening to this didn't hear our pre our pre pre show banter before we hit record. But uh, there was we a hope. great thing where Joey was. <laughs> yeah. Where they were, Joey was explaining how his wife was heading out the door. And he was trying to explain how he was going to be potting with someone named Dougals but didn't know his first name. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and tried to explain that to his wife. But you know how at Hardcore Husky we don't identify by first names. Basically, it's all it's all handles and avatars. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good name for a rock thing. band. Say it again. That's a good name for a rock band. What is? Handles and Avatars. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds like something out of... Maybe hate, an, hate alternative, uh, <laughs> an alternative electronic rock band or something. It'd be a one-hit wonder from 2006 <laughs> yeah. or something. But, yeah. So... Oh, and then and Willie Willie Duke never joined us, so no, missed out. So well, we'll we'll catch him next time. So Dougals, thanks for joining mm-hmm. us. Uh, loved having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me uh, on the show. It's always great to to chat with you guys and catch up and talk some dogs. Sure, yes, indeed. And uh, you guys haven't heard it yet, but the uh, 
the AI uh, pup uh, where he's talking, reaching out to Purple Jay that's going to open the show. This is one of my very favorite ones. It's hilarious. So. <laughs> okay, can't wait. So I'll, I'll get. Can't I'm going to get to work the editing here before the Super Bowl. Oh, before we hang up, let's get some Super Bowl predictions. I'll say Kansas City 35, Philadelphia 31. I'm going. Uh, I, I'm going Kansas City as well. I think uh, it's going to be. Might, might as well just keep it consistent. 34-17 rather easily. <laughs> yeah, I'm I I I'm gonna go with the uh the, the new unicorn Mahomes. Uh it's gonna luck luck will find a way and I'll say something like twenty seven to nineteen. Two blocks Chiefs over the points. Eagles. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right guys, great talking to you and we'll talk again soon. Yeah. All right, go dogs. There you go, Dags. See it. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to redo that one, but... <laughs>